Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 389. Was that too loud? Oh, my God. Yes, it was. Oh, what can I do? Actually, I was just looking at some quotes from Robin Williams, and one of his better ones was then from Good Morning Vietnam. Okay, anyhow, uh, we're not going to go there. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, it, oh, 600, was that? Oh, my God, it's early. No. Okay, sorry. Uh, Robin Williams fan here. I love the guy. Uh, dude, we, we lost a great one there. One of the best, probably the best. Anyhow, uh, let's talk some football. What are we going to talk about? Uh, oh my God. What's the, everything's happening. We, we got this touchdown. Uh, is it, is it in touchdown Atlantic this weekend? I think it is. And that's where the Montreal Alouettes who have actually became a football team uh, are playing the Toronto Argonauts who have surprised everybody and have failed to be a football team. Uh, well, actually, I don't think they really surprised anybody. They just failed to be a football team. And they're playing in Moncton, Moncton, New Brunswick. Why? We don't know. We, seriously, we don't know. Why are they doing this? Uh, they actually, uh, they're trying to put a football team in Halifax. But Halifax doesn't have a stadium. Moncton has a stadium. And that's a different province. Difference between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. They're very close. It's not like Vancouver and Calgary, because that's like thousands of miles. Um, actually, it's just over a thousand miles. Um, but, you know, it's just like these guys are neighbors. They're very close. So they're going to put the stadium o- over there, or they're going to use their stadium over there and play a football game. Well, the last time they had a football game, it, w- it bombed. Everybody says, well, it was sold out. Yeah, it was sold out because it was Toronto and Hamilton. And the fans from Toronto, who were actually doing very well back then, and Hamilton, who weren't doing very well back then, but still have very loyal fans, the the fans from both of those organizations traveled to Moncton, New Brunswick, to watch the football game because it really isn't that far, okay? They're very they're pretty close. I mean, everything's kind of tight-knit back there, that area. Um, so – it, it it was successful to the fact that there was lots of butts in the seats, considering it was only like, what, a 12,000 seat stadium. Uh, so it kind of sold out or close to it, but it wasn't from anybody from New Brunswick or Nova Scotia or Prince Edward Island or, well, Newfoundland's not real close. Um, but so now they think they can put a football team there and no, absolutely stupid. And we've been going on this forever and ever and ever. And we've talked about why it's going to fail and why it's failing. And it really, the only thing they've got is t-shirts, but that's kind of sounds like sketch and rough riders. Uh, anyhow, so we're going on and uh, they're having a football game this weekend in Halifax. No, sorry. Moncton or uh, Fredericton. I don't know. I'm so confused. There's so many city, little cities back down there and they're so close to get, I think it's Moncton. Okay, uh, I know people are yelling at me right now, but their mics are all turned off. So, uh, yeah, so we've got Touchdown Atlantic coming up, and that, I think that's this week, unless it's next week. But it, it, it is Montreal playing in at Toronto, and I think at Toronto is in New Brunswick. Uh, so we're going to talk about that later. Well, it's not really on the agenda, but we just talked about it now. Um, wow. 
Take a breath. <gasps> okay, so what's going on in your lives? I don't know. I'm I'm working too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't think I should have to. Uh, inter- interferes with my social activities. And uh, yeah, so I'm not going to say anything more. Let's play football. We got four games coming up. Winnipeg at Edmonton, Saskatchewan at no, Ottawa at Saskatchewan, Hamilton at BC, and Montreal at Toronto in Moncton. We're going to preview those games because there's four. can't make it for some reason. Uh, he's out late. And he, he seems to have a very other active social life or very busy business life or the rest of us are boring. We just kind of sit around the house all the time. Will's outside of the house, um, but that's kind of the way things are. So I'm going to open up the mics and I'm going to say, Hello to everybody. And now that I've put like Will's name on his phone number, I know who he is. So I opened Will's mic up first. So uh, good afternoon, sir. How are you doing? It's actually evening. It's not afternoon. And sorry, what social well, that's life do you dark have? Dark in Calgary. What social, what? what social life do you have? You spend Me? I said all I have your none. Time working, you spend all of your time working on the, on the, what do you call it, ranch? It's a ranch. Uh, acreage, what do you call it? Ranch, okay. You spend all your time working on the ranch. Even if you didn't have a job, you'd be busy. So you don't have a social life. I I go to the pub on Tuesday nights. And uh, and meet a bunch of other ranchers. We sit around and talk about ranching stuff. This is very bad for you because me and Mark and Phil and Charles are your social life. You are a loser. No, 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 no. Tuesday nights I go to the pub and I go, I talk ranching with other ranchers. So that's a social mm. life. Okay, you can't you can't deny that. That's kind of like that's like a like a podcast without a radio. <laughs> no, well, it could be, I guess. We talk about heavy and equipment what, and excavators and graders and stuff like that, and we, who got what new new toy and and what fix and how they got to fix podcast it. Podcast for ranching. Yes, we could do a, oh my God. We could do a we could do a podcast for ranching. I've been asked to do several and, podcasts, but one of them's not about ranching. There's somebody will ask me to do one about of, political incorrectness in Canada. That almost sounds yeah. fun. And of course, and of course, you don't drink, so that part of the pub isn't fun. Right? It was actually funny because there's you? about there's about 24 of us, you give or take whatever day of the week it is. I, uh, you know what I'm talking about. And I was the yeah. only one that dr- sat there and drank water. I drink water. I drink lots of water. So I'm, I'm sitting there drinking water, and everybody else has got their 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 scotch on the rocks and and, and uh, rum and Captain Morgan and and and, and Monte Cristos and all sorts of little and then a bunch of umbrella drinks and all the way around it. Right. A year and a half later, there's one person that orders a drink and everybody else has water. I am a trendsetter. Now, the pub doesn't like me so much, but hey, what can I say? Yeah, so I was interested in the part when you said some of them have Scotch and Monte Cristos. I'm there, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never never liked Scotch. I, yeah. Have you ever yeah, been to I've, the Drake Hotel in Vancouver? No. Is it is it like the... Uh, Cecil in Calgary. <laughs> it's very similar to the Cecil in Vancouver. Okay. What? What did you say? Yes. I said it's very similar to the Cecil in in Vancouver. 
And I don't know okay. if those two are the same, but you probably don't want to go to it. Well, let's put it this way, they tore hours down. So <laughs> That's probably a good thing. I don't think the Drake's there anymore. But on my stag, which my anniversary was yesterday, as, as was yours, happy anniversary to you and Patty. Oh, yeah, it was yours yesterday. What, I was trying to figure, think about that today. Who has the same anniversary as me? But you and you've I. been married for like 57 years, haven't you? No, 31. Okay. You were you were you were a early bloomer. I was a late bloomer. Yeah, I got married at 26. Yeah, you didn't get it, married till I was 31. Yeah, but that was not this marriage. Was yeah, it? I guess so. Was what it? was that? Okay. Was this was it that this was marriage? My first marriage, yes. Oh, this okay. This is my first okay. marriage, yes. Okay. Patty's, actually, it's Patty's this, second this, marriage. This is my second marriage, our second marriage, actually, oh, both it? Natalie and I. Yeah. We, and we how actually, long did your first one last? Uh, about Ten minutes? No, five years, six years. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I married her yeah. again. Natalie what? and I, have been, we've been married twice to each other. <laughs> I like to put it as a point where I couldn't make the payment, so she repossessed me. <laughs> well, you you're a deeper man than I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, 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 that's a, that's thirty-one a, years is is both marriages together. No, that's an offline. That's an offline conversation, sir. Is it okay? It's actually kind of because uh, yeah, you don't you don't want I, you have a mystique about you, and I don't want your mystique to be ruined. Okay. Like, okay. you know, everybody, including Will, thinks you're perfect. So um, <laughs> in every way, well, shape, it, and form. It, it, I'll, I'll explain it because it's kind of funny. Um, okay. We got married 31 years ago by a JP on a boat in Vancouver Harbor, and it was quite a beautiful setting, and everything else is wonderful. So then we have kids, and my kid goes to public school, and I get mad at the public school, and I pull my kid out of the public school, and I'm going, okay, now what am I going to do with them? So we put them in the Catholic school system. Okay. Now I'm not Catholic. My wife is. So she went back to church, all this sort of thing. And to go to confession, you can't confess the same sin every over and over again. So she's living in sin. So then we had to go get married in a Catholic church. And the priest says, well, you have to convert to Catholicism. And I says, bullshit, I do. And he goes, well, then I can't marry you. And I says, look, this way. Here, here's the way it is. You get three people, my wife and two kids that go to church, or you get none of them. Your call. And he took my 50 bucks, and uh, we got married in the Catholic Church. And so we had our second married wedding in the Catholic Church. Okay, and, and you got to stop this conversation right now, because if we start on the Catholic Church, I will never stop, okay? Yeah, well, I'm okay just, with it. So, just one of my, it's just one of my things, okay? One of your pet peeves? And that's okay. One they of had my a good school, yes. They had a good school system for the kids, so I, I liked it. And Speak, so what I, if you got to tolerate a I bunch gotta, of idiots? I know okay, we should talk on. about football, but I got to I got no, no, football. I got to tell Actually, you. Actually, you know story. what? I'm going to put M- Will on mute story. right now, and we're going to bring in somebody else. <laughs> Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing real good, real good. I, I'll just pick up where Will's leaving off there with the Catholic Church, and I'm just going to talk about a sprinkle of Jesus. This week's going to be all about Cody Fajardo. Hey guys. Who? <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I'm just stirring you up. I'm just stirring you up. Who? I'm I don't know good. who you're talking about. <laughs> That's a great story, okay. though. That was very entertaining. Yeah, so just like I said, it, it just 
we got married twice, and it was kind of funny. So it, people look, look at you really funny when you you start the story, and then when you actually explain it to them, they go, "Oh, okay, so it's not as exciting as what you think it is." They go, "No, it's not as exciting as you thought it was." And I go, "It's been a very exciting for me. It's thirty-one years, and I'm still married. How many people are actually married after thirty-one years? Not many anymore." I was getting real excited. It was starting to sound like an episode of Doctor Phil. Hey, we, I don't, you know what? I've never seen an episode of Doctor Phil, so I wouldn't know what that was like. Deep sigh. Um, how you doing, Phil? Oh, Doctor Phil good. is in you, or is Doctor Phil is in that bald, stupid guy with the big mustache? Well, when the place of oil crashed and way back there a few years ago, I actually went and sold cars for eight months and. That was my nickname at the dealership, Dr. Phil. They would actually do it over the intercom. Dr. Phil, come to the sales desk, please. Ooh, that would be bad. Yeah. Okay. It was. Mark, save me. Oh, no, I'm enjoying this far too much. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as much as I'm enjoying rewatching the Bomber game right now. It's on TSN, too. Yeah, they do that. I, I was actually watching that Calgary, Calgary-Montreal game last night at the pub. Yes. Yeah. It was kind of good. I love the ending. It's almost as good as the 2009 Grey Cup. <laughs> oh, GFM. <laughs> GFY. GFY. What's that? GFM. <laughs> I think I said that to you a few times over the years. Okay. So, shall we talk some football? Yes. Is that please. a goal? Yes, please. Yeah. Let's get there. So the first game up is uh, no more Thursday night football games. Is that a good thing? It is for Yippee. me. Yeah. But why do we have a Sunday game? Oh, touchdown Atlantic. <sighs> Deep sigh. I have no response. Do you know what time that fucking game starts? 9 a.m. for you? Yes, 9 a.m. Yeah. Hence a football game at 9 a.m. be a team in Halifax? I'm, I'm not even finished my chores by 9 a.m. They're trying the to bars aren't open. Crowd. How can you go to the bar and watch a football game when it's 9 a.m.? They're trying to attract a younger crowd. 9 a.m. for a 20-year-old. They're in bed. (laughs) Like, they're in bed. I mean, I've been at work for four hours by then, but that's beside the point. Uh, Okay. So, anyhow, we've got a Friday night game, and it is Winnipeg in Edmonton. And this is going to be an exciting game. The two... Juggernauts of the CFL at this point in time. Sorry, Phil. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to come down to who is number one. And who is going to be number one? Well, let's start this one with Charles. And Charles has picked the Edmonton Eskimos 30-21. to 21. And then next up is William. William, call this game. Yes, sir. Um, huh. I wonder Tough one. who's going to show up. I wonder who's going to show up. Is it going to be bad, bad Trevor Harris or good Trevor Harris? Has there been a is, bad Trevor Harris is, this year? Have you seen a yes, bad Trevor has. Harris? Yeah. Has there been a bad one game? I don't. I don't one know. 
I don't know if Trevor Harris they, played poorly or they, was it Edmonton. When they, when they, yeah, but they lost to Calgary. Okay, that was a bad Trevor Harris. Trust me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I need a cookie. Ah, crap. Well, and I've said this all along. I think Edmonton has one of the best defensive fronts in the CFL, and they have Mm -hmm. to stop you-know-who, okay? And I keep on saying they have to stop you-know-who, but nobody stops you-know-who, okay? Because, I don't know, maybe the defensive lines aren't that good this year. It it bothers me that the simplest way to stop the Bombers is stop him. But now with Chris Trevler who went one and three, I do believe, on the starts last year as a rookie. I would Correct. assume, and I'm just I'm just assuming, he got better. Okay? I'm assuming well, he I, got better. Another, why another are you year that? under his belt. Another year under his belt. Another year of practicing. And uh, so I'm going to say he's gotten better. But are they going to beat the Esks? And uh, I don't think they are. But I'm gonna go with uh, Winnipeg. Nope. I'm gonna go with eighteen uh, to sorry twenty-seven eighteen for the Eskimos. Oh, Rhonda would why? be so proud of and, you. And why? And why? I'll tell you why. I'm getting sick and fucking tired of being behind Mark and Phil. How does that sound? Because I'm handicapped because I can't pick three of the teams in the CFL, for God's sake. So there you go. I've changed my attitude. That's what I'm doing from now on. And you, you can now pick Saskatchewan, Edmonton, and who's the other one? Uh, BC. Well, you've been picking them forever. I know, and I'm not going to pick them anymore because I've lost all confidence in them, okay? Oh, okay. So you're not picking BC, and you can now pick Edmonton and Saskatchewan. Is that the that deal? That is correct, sir. Wow. Depending you're on very complex playing. individual. I, I've always been twisted in my own mind. Yes, sir, I have. Okay. Uh, well, so be it. So there you go. Moving on. Twenty-seven, eighteen for the asks. Okay, and uh, I got that twenty-seven, eighteen for the Eskimos. And uh, Mark, yep. are you up? You down? You sideways? Game changer, cue caller, Brian Burnham. Oh, sorry, Edmonton and Winnipeg. Well, this will be a very interesting game. You think? Um. Will mentioned the Lions. Edmonton's only given up, I think it's three or four sacks on the season. No, no, no. He didn't mention the Lions at all. Yeah, yeah. BC's playing later. It's against Hamilton. Yeah, and they're going to lose again. Um, Probably. Yeah, well, we know why. Uh, no, Their team sucks. Edmonton's <laughs> offensive line is very good. They've given up only three or four sacks. It doesn't look like Craig Rowe will be playing, so we're now down to our third string uh, defensive end on the other side of Jefferson. So that's not going to help. 
this is a big one for Strebler, though. If he does well and, while Nichols is out, he's going to get a very nice raise next year from somebody. He's a free agent next year. This is a big chance for him. And it'll be interesting to see if he can if he can take it or if he can end up like Jonathan Jennings or James Franklin or any other number right now. But I am going to go with Winnipeg based on Andrew Harris. Just he seems to be pretty much willing them to win right now. You mean <laughs> so based on the fact you're a homer? Yeah, that too. Okay. Why uh, did you steal my line, Christopher? Sorry. Hey, I did take Calgary a few weeks ago against Winnipeg. So yeah, there that you was go. a stupid move, wasn't it? Yes. I yeah, that was reverse psychology question. on your part, Mark. I do it all the time. Yeah, it actually was. But what, you'd use reverse psychology on Mark? Yeah, I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take Winnipeg. <gasps> I'm so surprised. Yes, I know. 27, 23. 27, 23. Okay, for Winnipeg. Yep. Dr. Seven Phil, how are you feeling about this game? Well, it's this is definitely the game of the week, but only based on the fact that their records uh, put them at number one and two in the West right now. Uh, you know, it's kind of a letdown that the – Bombers have a starting quarterback injury. Um, but I thought I'd better do a little research in this game because, you know, it, it, technically it is Why? the game of the week when you look at statistics, just to look at first and second, right? And, and it's interesting what Will said about Trevor Harris. Uh, bad Trevor Harris showed up in that game against Calgary, and, and Will was correct there. But, you know, the thing about Trevor Harris, he's yet to, to show that he's a quarterback who can win the big one. And uh, that's it. I, 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 he's gone to back. the big one. You've got to give him credit that he actually got to the big game. Yep, yep. You've got to give him a little credit for that, for sure. And, uh, and, and this might be the year. This might be the year. This Edmonton team looks pretty good, and uh, they've been able to protect him. Uh, like somebody pointed out, uh, the Eskimos have only given up three sacks, where I think uh, – Mike Riley has been on the ground 35 times. Am I right? 37, like I think. Well, you know, like what a what a contrast. That's that's really interesting. It, it would be great to like watch some tape of of both teams' offensive lines and both teams uh, how fast the quarterback delivers the ball, gets rid of the ball, etc. Because it you could use it as a teaching tool to uh, two points two point six seconds is Mike Riley's average release time this year. Very quick, actually. Hmm. Is that release time or sack time? <laughs> no, it's release time. <laughs> sack time is usually uh, less than that. It's quick because he doesn't want to die. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I'm going to switch to the Bombers. And and I feel bad for Bomber fans. Is It seemed that Matt Nichols had, had just finally found some chemistry with Chris Matt. Or Chris Matthews, or, or was finding some chemistry with Matthews, and Nick Dembski was starting to get hot. You know, as for Tim Tebow, or uh, Chris Traveler, I mean, uh, well, you know what I think about him. And not I, much. I'm not even going to waste any time here 
on him because I think we're I think it's on the schedule later. So if the Bombers were to win this one, they would need two touchdowns from defense and or special teams, in my opinion. So I got a score of Edmonton thirty-one, Winnipeg seventeen. Thirty-one seventeen. So you're picking the Eskimos, are you? Yes, sir. Hmm. So we got three picking the Eskimos and one picking Winnipeg. I really think the Eskimos are going to win. So, and I'm really behind in this thing. So I'm going to pick the Eskimos. Bombers, thirty-two to twenty-eight. That's the Winnipeg victory, thirty-two to twenty-eight. Sorry, Mark. You suck. The the odds are in my favor. Picking Winnipeg over Edmonton, okay? They just in my. How many favor. wins have you got? How many uh, gold stars on the season? How many do you have? Uh, seven, I think it is. Well, then I should follow you. Christopher's got two, one for each winner. Yeah, yeah and, um, he picked the Bombers. Sucks. And I picked the Bombers. Okay. Okay. Second game up is going to be an exciting one. No, it's not. It's Ottawa. Ottawa Red Blacks, one of the most boring football teams out there this year. They are absolutely boring. They they actually they, they got one point in one game. They it was terrible last week. What was it? It was an absolutely snore fest where Hamilton, who's not that good of a team, beat them twenty one to seven. And the seven points flattered the Red Blacks. So they're playing this week in Saskatchewan. They're playing, going to Regina and playing the Green Machine. I don't think there's anybody that's able to honestly take Ottawa. So I think this is going to be a Saskatchewan victory straight across the board. And Charles starts it off at the score of 28-12. to 12. William. Are you yes. going to be the lone descending is, vote and taking Ottawa because nobody else will? Why? Why? My question is, why are they even playing this game? Because they have the most premier elite quarterback in the CFL of this name, and his name is Cody Fajardo, and he's just going to tear Ottawa up, okay? I'm thinking Matt Dunnigan's single single game record for passes is in trouble. Okay. Seven hundred and twenty eight yards. Shatter that. He's gonna shatter that by at least hundred and fifty yards. And wow. and I'm thinking and it'll be by halftime because they're not gonna keep the elite quarterback in, in the game for the whole thing when he's gonna be up by fifty eight points at halftime. So Are you calling the fifty burger? Saskatchewan. I'm gonna pick Saskatchewan. And okay. no, I'm not gonna call a fifty burger because I want points, okay? So oh. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirty six uh, eighteen for Saskatchewan. Okay. Okay, so the race is on, the gauntlet's been dropped. Will is after the leader. Phil, you be careful. Mark, what's your score? This one could be interesting. Because Saskatchewan's got a very fast receiving core, and Ottawa's got Chris Randall, who Bombers got rid of at the right time. It could be a lot of pitch and catch over to his corner. And 
the Saskatchewan defensive line is just going to eat the Ottawa so-called offensive line. There's, it's just, I'm actually going on a big score here. I'm going to say 47-14 for Saskatchewan. Okay. You didn't go for the 50-burger, though. No. No, I'm going to keep it under the 50-burger, but I can see special teams touchdowns. I can see defensive touchdowns. I can see offensive touchdowns, and they're not coming from Ottawa. Wow. Jonathan Jennings. Jennings, Jennings, Jennings. Okay. Phil. Well, it's interesting the scores you guys picked. I had to adjust mine a couple times because you guys were just about nailing them. We're all thinking the same. Uh, Will may be right about Donegan's record. Fajardo and his receivers are are arrested. This this could be a big night. A little tongue in cheek, just a little. You didn't notice his sarcasm font? I noticed it. I noticed it. And you didn't notice mine. Ah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's. but I expect Fajardo to have a, have a big night, actually. Uh, um, yeah, the big thing is, you know, we were worried about his ankles and uh, he's, uh, those two spikes that they put through his ankles, yeah, he should be healed up from those now. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught that one. Yeah, yes. He's got a couple in his wrist, too. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget yeah. the thorn crown. Yep. Yeah. But he's yeah. had more than three days. It, it, In fact, it, he's even had a. It didn't get lost week. on me. <laughs> uh, this one does, however, have the potential to be a trap game for the soaring Rough Riders. I'm afraid. They're riding a four game winning streak. Me? No, it does. They are riding a four game winning streak. Ottawa's riding a two game losing streak. Um, that that just spells trap to me. Oh, geez, I thought you were smarter than that. I, I, I however, <laughs> however, I like the way this team is coached, and I like the way the team appears to be coaching itself too. I think the locker room in Saskatchewan is the healthiest I have ever seen it. Oh, I thought you were talking about Rick Campbell in a long time. So I do have Saskatchewan pick to win this game by a lot. Even though they, they, they struggled and they lost in Ottawa in a, in a real entertaining game earlier in the season, I've got Saskatchewan winning at home 44-22. to 44-22. Okay. Well, now this is me. Do I play the odds and pick Ottawa? That doesn't sound very smart because what are the odds that they're actually going to win? Zero. It's kind of like a BC game. But nobody's picked Ottawa. And to go into this battle where you've got 47, 44, 36, 28, there's no way that you can pick something that's close enough into this thing. So I am going to go off the board here, and I am going to go with 32 to 28 for the Ottawa Red Blacks. You heard it here first. Ottawa Red Blacks. Am I going to win? Am I going to get another point ever? I don't know. I'm scared. 
Sorry, what was your score? 32-28 for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Okay. Okay. So the next game is uh, also Saturday. Is a Saturday evening game, which is so cool. It means that I actually get to watch this game. And it's BC Lions. Why is it a 7 o'clock game at night with BC Lions? Because it's in BC. Charles will be at the game. I'll be watching it on the tube. Um, so Hamilton Tiger Cats are coming in. And a late game. That's always an advantage to the BC Lions. Uh, Hamilton and, and BC, I think, are very similar teams right now. Not so much in the player composition, but in their quality of play. Hamilton sucks. BC sucks. Um, I think that's about what we're going to do here. We got a quarterback. They don't. Uh, I think this is going to be a really tough game. And uh, Charles has picked the BC Lions 28 to 27. 28 to 27. Will. Who you got in this? You're picking Hamilton now. Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm not picking Hamilton. Um, I got a hunch about this game. Oh, shit. And I thought you were going to take it's, Hamilton. It's a law. It's a law of averages. And, and, and come on, Toronto seems to be playing better. BC's playing better. I think uh, I've not sold on Hamilton's quarterback yet. Um, and I think BC, it's going to be a close BC game. Defense is coming together. I, well, not really. Their defense is horrible. Okay, sorry. I don't mean to. But that's why this game is going to be. This game is going to be 36 to 32 for the BC Lions. Wow. And Mike Riley, hear it here first. Mike Riley is only, he's going to have. The low low sack ratio of three sacks in this game. That's it. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, they have played what nine games, and he's got thirty five sacks, thirty six sacks, thirty seven sacks. That's four a game. I mean, you know, so, BC would be way ahead of everybody else if uh, the receivers could fly in the air because Mike Riley is always on his back and he could just throw the ball up in the air and they could catch it and then he could fly to the end zone. So, anyways, I shouldn't laugh at them. Because no. Calgary's not much better regardless of what people think. Mm-hmm. Mark, it's your turn. It's your turn to pick on BC. I never pick on BC. You're an asshole and a liar. Yeah, I know. I uh, thank you very much. That's a compliment. Um, yeah, I think where this game is decided is on how scared BC special teams coordinators are going to be again, because they're going from Janarian Grant to Brandon Banks. Are they going to be setting Hamilton up at midfield all game like they did against? Winnipeg to make it a nice short field, and if you only go two and out, you then bury BC at the 10-yard line. And unless Deron Carter's throwing long bombs on a flute play, 
I'm going to take Hamilton, of course. Uh, 21. Yeah, I'll give BC 16. Phil, I'm not talking to you anymore, Mark. Phil, what do you see this game? You might be surprised, but I really think this is the toughest game for me to pick this week. Mike Riley, of course, has spent more time on his back than a Hastings Street hooker this season. Here comes the hate mail from Hastings Street hookers. Holy shit. I, I don't think Hastings Street hookers end up on their backs. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, I've seen him on his knees a couple times, too. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, i got to stop making fun of the situation with the BC Lions. Because, you know, the Lions have some new blood in town this week, and Jonathan Newsom and uh, a defensive back who I wasn't familiar with. And, and uh, you know, as far as defense alignment, he'll be I, – I suspect he'll be right in the rotation right away because that's one of the places where you can move a guy in. Uh, fairly quickly, and if he's motivated, he can be a real force and uh, put some pressure on the young quarterback the Hamilton Ticats have there in Dean Evans. Um, and, and Jesus, sorry about the no. reference again. But yeah. Mike huh. Riley is, is Jesus. Mike Riley is eventually going to win one by all by himself, isn't he? Because you know he's Mike Riley, right? So yeah. I see BC winning this one at home, thirty to twenty-nine. 30 to 29. Really? Hmm. So, Mark, you're the only one that took Hamilton. I, I can't. I cannot pick the Cats over my Lions. No, nope. it's going to be BC victory, and it's going to be a statement game for Mike Riley. And BC Lions are going to win 42 to 24. Okay, Brian Burnham and Mike Riley are going to go to town in this game. And this is going to be it. This is their coming out game, and they are going to be amazing. Okay. Okay. Hey, Christopher. Yes. Christopher, I would like to change my score. Why? Because... I want to reverse my car score for Hamilton with the win because I'm not letting Mark get any further ahead. Okay. So you want what? You want 36 want to 32 36, for 36, Hamilton. 36 32 for the Ticats. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll accept that score. That's a wonderful score. Will, you're my hero. Okay. You are so, so far away, I give you a hug. Christopher, are you saying that Riley's going to throw for more touchdowns in this game than he has all season? Yep. Total? Okay. That's what he's saying. That's what I'm saying. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Yep. Just just checking. Yeah, just check. Just checking. You know know why? You know why Edmonton's over? Hang on. He's got got eight touchdowns this season. If he scored six, six, forty. It's 42. Yeah, that'll be it. 
That's exactly. You realize it. why okay. Edmonton, why Edmonton's old line is playing so well this year, right? Because when Mike Riley was back there, you didn't have to worry about the quarterback getting hit because he'd still stand up. Yes. Trevor Harris is a bit more of a pussy than Mike Riley is. That's why they're playing so well. I, somewhere there's logic in that, and I'm going to accept it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I agree with you on the Trevor Harris is a pussy part. But other than that, I can't. I, I, you lost me. Okay, so that's the the BC games. I got two for Hamilton and three for BC. I'm glad Will took Hamilton. BC might actually win. Uh, we've got uh, the last game, which we I already said was a Sunday morning at nine fucking o'clock in the morning. Um, is uh, Montreal and Toronto now? Montreal just signed Shaq Murray Lawrence. Uh, did you guys notice that? They just got themselves a little Canadian receiver. Uh, anyhow, they're playing Tarana in Moncton. And Charles has Montreal taking this one 32-24. William. Yes. I am so impressed with Vag. He is he is actually starting to look like a real quarterback. And I think it has lots to do with Kahari Jones, believe it or not. And he actually looks like a quarterback. And <laughs> Montreal should be grateful that Pipkin got injured this year because they wouldn't have known about Vernon Adams Junior. Okay? And I think uh I think, uh, you know, I think they've got them playing well, and I think they're going to do well. And they're playing Toronto also. So this is going to be an easy game for me to pick because I think the law office is going to come out and throw the shit out of the ball, and I think Vernon Adams is going to come out and throw the shit out of the ball, and it's going to be a Kahari Jones kind of game. And I am going to pick... The Owls, 45 to 44. <laughs> God, you're not going after any points on that one, are you? Nope, that's just a feeling. Just a feeling. Okay. Now, we've had 50-burger games, but we haven't had a 50-burger pick yet this season, have we? Mark, what are you going to do here? You going to step out of the box and take Toronto? Oh, hell no. Um, I think you pretty much have to go with Montreal right now. They're one of the hotter teams in the league. It's like only a couple of games, but for Montreal, that's going really well. So the way Adams has played... Uh, do they have stand back back yet, or is it still nope. Jeremiah Johnson? Still I, Johnson? Yeah, and, and that's think, really a step they, backwards, isn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say, it's really not a step back. I was just kind of thinking if you could have both of those guys in the backfield at the same time. Whoosh. You couldn't You couldn't um, play with two brutes like that. Nobody does that to watch. 
In the CFL, they don't they don't do that tandem not anymore. The important running back thing. It would I think it'll be somewhat close because with the amount of th- of throwing Toronto's going to have to do, they will end up with a couple of busted coverages for touchdowns or something along those lines. But I'll say twenty eight. Twenty-three for Montreal. For Montreal. Okay. Did, did I tell you guys what Charles's score was, which was thirty-two twenty-four for Montreal? I don't remember okay, if good. I said that or not. Doesn't affect me. Uh, so okay. Film. All right. This is the big uh, Montreal at Toronto at Moncton, New Brunswick game. Touchdown Atlantic. I think it's something something we all got to be excited about, guys. Uh, any any kind of promotion for this game outside of its natural markets is is very important, and uh, I'm excited oh. to see a fella again up your ass. run Touchdown Atlantic. <laughs> and I do realize is, tickets have been terrible this year. The it's uh, I think it's a very positive thing, even even if there's never. If we never end up with a team in Halifax or or Quebec City or Moncton or Fredericton, I think it's great promotion for the league, and I, and I hope they continue with it. Uh, that said, let's get back right to the football side of it. Uh, Montreal, with with Vagit the controls, is the second most exciting team in the CFL right now. I'll let you guys guess at the most exciting, but uh, okay, I'll, I'll move on. He's he's I got some Eskimos, receivers. isn't it? I I I heard something about them, but I I I I don't know much because it was a, the most exciting team in the CFL seemed to move down the power rankings. We're going to talk about that later, and my disgust with that. But uh, let's get back to this game right now. He's Vadge's got some receivers to work with that that not only have the receivers really impressed me in past weeks, even when 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 he was out, but. Uh, he he seems to have a, a a sense with them already. Like he, you can tell, he's worked a lot with these receivers already. I can't remember the one. There's one in particular that's really really impressing me, and I just can't remember his name. The last two weeks, and uh, it would, like you guys mentioned, with Jeremiah Johnson in there and uh, taking over at running back, it's not a big letdown. And especially, you know, Johnson should still be fresh. And uh, so I have got, I'm taking Montreal. I'm taking them 35-21, winning with authority. Sorry, what was that, 21? Uh, 35-21 for the Montreal Alouettes. Okay. Wow, again, very close. Uh, 28, 35, 32, 45. I'm going to split this one in the middle. I'm going to go, tw- well, I can't go 28. Mark did that 28. Okay, I'm going a low-scoring game of 22 to 19 for the Toronto Argonauts. Okay, 22 to 19. Do, do you guys realize that if the playoffs started today, Calgary would get the crossover and they would be playing Montreal in Montreal. Wouldn't that be a neat game? 
Well, considering that Montreal has just beaten Calgary, that would uh, that would eliminate and the, Montreal uh, and Calgary does not Calgary does not win in Montreal for some reason. I know the no. reason, but they don't win in Montreal. It's Nobody because does. they party too much. I guess so. Montreal should be better than their two and two record at home. <laughs> that's that's yeah, just but a they fact. They probably party too much too. They probably party too much too. I mean, Tommy Campbell, come on, really? Come on. What do you think? Okay. Anyways. So those are the scores. There are a wrap. CJ is looking to put some distance between those. Having the, never mind. I'm putting distance on right. I'm going south. So far south, I think I can see penguins. Throw that away. Somebody else take care of those scores. Uh, Matt Nichols is out for at least four to six weeks. He has been put on a six-game uh, six-game injury list. And we had a presser with uh, Mike O'Shea, who said it's a uh, an upper body injury and his injury is day-to-day. Could he be more... Um, Vague? No, he couldn't. So he's on the on the six game injury list. So that's more than day, but day to day. So I can't really say that. Uh, can Strebler carry the load? Will the Bombers bring in a vet? Okay. Well, they, they, there's a rumor out there that he re, they reached out to Kevin Glenn. It I haven't seen it substantiated anywhere. But even if they did, who cares? Uh, so they want somebody on the on the line just in case because you know if you have to go to your third string who's now your second string or your you, you know what I mean you don't want to do that. Um, so Strebler can come in play the games uh, at seven and two. Bombers have the luxury to rest Nichols until he's healed. Even if they lose the next six games, they're still very close to the 500 mark. I don't think they're going to lose the next six games. But who knows? Uh, Can he carry the load? Winnipeg's just a good team. We've said that all along. It really doesn't matter who their quarterback is. Their quarterback is Matt Nichols. I don't understand how everybody can put down Matt Nichols and then say the bombers are doomed because he's Matt Nichols is no longer playing. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's like me going, Oh man, Calgary really sucks now that, uh, believe I Mitchell's hurt. Jeez. Yeah. Well, no, Nick is doing a good job. And as I believe, uh, Chris Strebler is going to take up the slack and, and play some good quality football in for Winnipeg. Now, Granted, I did pick myself. I picked Winnipeg. I picked Winnipeg because I think Strebler's going to do a good job. Uh, nobody else seems to do that except Homer. Uh, yeah. So, uh, William, can Chris Strebler uh, play at least 500 football and in the next six games have Winnipeg at uh, 10 and 5? Well, you know what? I would be a hypocrite if I said, no, the Bombers are doomed because I'm one of the guys on this podcast all year long 
that has said Matt Nichols is not that good, and it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, you do you do lose Matt Nichols' leadership because he obviously is one of the team leaders. Yeah. And you do lose his management skills because we've said many times that he's a game manager. Yeah. And uh, if uh, something were to happen to uh, Andrew Harris, then they're really in trouble, okay? Um, but my question is, and maybe Mark has an answer to this, Mark, who is the who at this game if they have one? Who is there going to be their emergency backup quarterback? Do you know? No idea. No idea. None okay. Because all I know is they're going the in with things, the quarterbacks. Right, but I mean, one of the things we re- we know is that Chris Drevler is probably going to run more than Matt Nichols does. And so he's more vulnerable to get hit and hurt. But I have seen that guy, and he is quite a tank. But uh, you never know. If he gets hit the wrong way, what could happen? So I'm I'm very curious about who their third-string guy is if if Matt Nichols or if uh, Chris Trevler were to get hurt as well. So, But, no, um, Chris Trevler is capable. He went one and three last year as a rookie. I mean, the first – I think it was the first four games of the season he started, and he was a rookie. And, I mean, his record wasn't that great, but he certainly did not look out of place. So, and once again, if you if Chris Drevler goes on to win five or six games or four games, yeah, there's going to be a quarterback controversy in Winnipeg. I guarantee it. So we shall see, but I well, think there, Chris Drevler. There's one now. Up. Yeah, Winnipeg. Winnipeg is a is a, as much as I hate to admit it. Winnipeg is a good team, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I don't think. I don't know what Buck Pierce. I do believe is Buck Pierce the quarterback coach, Mark. Yes, or is it someone else? He is okay. I mean, I, I think Arbuckle has done well this year because of the coaching in Calgary. But, and maybe Winnipeg has that coaching because I do, I've always liked Buck Pierce. So we'll see. I mean, you know, you never re- you never know what a guy's like in his head. And Chris Drevler to me seems like a really confident kind of guy. And so, hey, who knows? I guess we will see. But, I mean, the tough thing is, I mean, they play, they play Edmonton, and then they play back-to-back Saskatchewan. So he better play well. It's pretty simple. Yeah, no doubt about that. Mark, talk about your bombers. I think if Strebler, if you play six games and he goes five hundred, I'm more than happy. Even if he goes eight games and wins three but looks okay in the, the the other four, I'm still happy. We just need to tread water around 500 now for the rest of the season, really. I'm going to say Nichols is out longer than six. If O'Shea is saying he's going to reevaluate after four to six weeks, I'm thinking it's more seven to eight games because there's a buy in there too. We have a bye after the Bantle Bowl. 
so it's going to be a while before he's back. This is Strebler's team now. And, Will, he, you are right. He is extremely confident, bordering on a little too hyper at times. And that's one of the things that does worry me. Hopefully Pierce and Nichols can keep him calm on the sidelines to show him what he's doing. Um, this is where Whitehead, and I, even, I hate to say it this way, but even Harris, they have to step up. But especially Whitehead and some of the other receivers. They've really got to step up and help him. He goes from the frying pan into the fire. He gets Edmonton in Edmonton. And then he goes into Saskatchewan on Labor Day. That's never fun. He has thrown for more touchdowns than interceptions, which is good. He has shown every so often when he gets the time, he can throw a nice long ball. We've already got fans in Winnipeg wanting, thinking that maybe we should have the now back up to Strevler, McGuire should be in because he's got a stronger arm. It's Winnipeg. Everybody loves the backup quarterback. And Christopher, about uh, Kevin Glenn, uh, O'Shea was asked about that on the coach's show last night, and he literally went, yeah, we called a bunch of guys, and then moved on. So which means, yes, he did, and he still doesn't answer it that he did. But, yeah, no, they called Kevin Glenn for sure. But I'm pretty sure Kevin Glenn wasn't going to come back for third string, and not that money either. So they are going to look for – they have to find an experienced guy just for the reason that if Streveler does go down, then you can't – you're going to go into the games with guys that have never played it down. You can't – no, it's too late in the season for that. He can't experiment. So they do need somebody with some experience. I just hope it's not Brandon Bridge. Um, I think Strebler will be okay. He's got his running that he can work, use, because we all know he can get the yards when he runs. It's just he can't do it first. He's got to go through his reads first. The O-line really has to step up for them now. It'll be interesting to watch. And it's a big payday if Strebler does really well. He is a free agent next year. Somebody will pay him if he does really well while he plays. So go ahead. Phil. Christopher. Where? Where's Phil? Pretty good. Pretty good analysis, guys. Uh, can Chris Strebler carry the load? That was the that was a question that we were all asked. And I did a lot of thinking about this today because I have been so negative about Chris Strebler for a year now. And and I've said a lot of really nasty things about Chris Strebler. But like like Will said, Strebler carries himself well. Um, on the field and and well in into the huddle, um, and I and I think he, he can lead a team. It's whether, like we all know, it's whether he can be a drop back CFL quarterback or some version thereof. Uh, that that's Chris Trevor is part of what keeps this being the game of the week, um, because he's such an interesting athlete. He. When he takes off with that ball, 
he is the best running quarterback in the CFL we probably have ever seen or ever will see. And that's about the nicest thing I can say about Chris Traveler. But uh, does anyone here know the third-string quarterback with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers other than Mark? I doubt it. I heard the name once, but it just didn't resonate with me, and I, I didn't record it very well. And and then on top of that, for the Bombers, I heard heard uh, Andrew Harris got nicked up at practice this week and took a day off. So, you know, uh, if he's hurting a little bit, uh, that, I think that's going to be, be even more stress on, on Straveler going into this game and the game plan. And like, like Mark mentioned, and I said last week, I think the Bombers need to to make adjustments to their play calling, and actually they did on the weekend, to get the ball into Willie Whitehead, Whitehead's hands more often. Um, I see them running some some sort of version of, of an option offense uh, just to to give Strebler some confidence. And if they do that, I think it's really Chris Strebler's uh, confidence and success in these early weeks for the next three weeks is going to have a lot to do with Paul Lapolis and uh, how he's able to adjust the Bombers' offense to uh, to suit Chris Strebler's skills. And that's really all I got on Strebler. I, I, I admit a list of really cruel things to say about Chris Strebler, but I, I uh, decided to go the other way. Okay, so Chris Strebler is a, oh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, let's run the ball type of quarterback. And, yeah, he's, he passed for a few yards last year, got a lot of touchdowns. Most of those were little short, little itty-bitty passes that the receivers kind of did something with. So I'm not expecting Strebler to come in and light this up the way that most people think it is. Because it's just not going to happen. But is he going to be able to carry the load of Matt Nichols? Well, I'm one of the ones with Will who says that Matt Nichols is not that good of a quarterback. Right now you have an amazing football team. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are an amazing football team. Anybody who denies that isn't a fool. And they're doing it with an okay quarterback. Chris Trevler's not really a step backwards. Or is he? I don't know. Matt Nichols is a first-string CFL quarterback for a reason. He's one of nine. Can Strebler come up and show that he's that much better? Because if there is, Phil's right, there's a quarterback controversy in Winnipeg. Well, there already is because they have that disease that uh, says that half of the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans think that the backup quarterback, regardless of who it is, is better than the starting quarterback, and they just rant for decades about it. So that's, I don't know. I don't know how to take this one. Um, Let's go back to the next game here or the next thing, or let's chat. That's really what we should do. Let's chat about the most recent power rankings. Oh my God. Why do we even talk about power rankings? It's one of uh, Charles' favorite subjects because it takes a lot of time. So you guys there, what do we got for power rankings? We got Winnipeg, Edmonton, Hamilton as the top three. Who's arguing? 
Uh, this is the worst power rankings I've ever seen put out by uh, CFL.ca. Why? Because Montreal's in fourth? Well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are without the starting quarterback. Uh, we've got a very questionable quarterback. It's time for me to use my list of cruel things I was going to say about Chris Trevler. Um, and and the Nissan power rankings have them ranked at first in the CFL. Now, Everybody uses different criteria for the power rankings. When I complain about power rankings, they go, oh, well, this is the criteria we're using. And, yes, you're right earlier, Christopher, your statement that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do have an amazing team. However, at the most important position, they have the biggest question mark. So to put the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as first is is utter ridiculousness in, in my view. Okay. Can, can I stop you for a second? I want to, want to say something to you, okay? In, in the power rankings, week-by-week week power rankings, Calgary was at, in number one position in week one. Winnipeg was number two. Since that time, Winnipeg has been in the number one position for every week except for nine, where Calgary jumped back up. And then they, Winnipeg's recovered it in week 10 and 11. So my point being is they did all of that with a mediocre quarterback. Why do you think that this is a step backwards for them? Why should they not be still in the number one position? Because Chris Strebler is less than a mediocre quarterback, in my opinion. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, we're going to accept that. That's what you what you think it is. I think it's... I don't think Chris Trebler is a less than mediocre quarterback. I mean, you don't get to being a less than mediocre quarterback to, and play professional sports in Canada. Let me let me put it this way: This is how I'd fix this whole thing with just two moves. If I was allowed to just make two moves on this on this uh, okay. power ranking, and, and you're going to take Saskatchewan would, from sixth place and put them where? I'm going to put them in second. Bump the Eskimos to first. And uh, and put Winnipeg in uh, in fourth, just ahead of the Alouettes. Wow. Okay. Do you care about the garbage down at the bottom? Seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, I see a big mistake there too. Uh, Toronto looks a little high. I figure Ottawa should be ahead of Toronto. Ottawa's had some some pretty solid games this year. Okay. Uh, William, top three here, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Hamilton. Are you agreeing with that or are you having an issue with that? No, I'm fine with that. I don't really care about power rankings, but that's okay. You no, know, I I guess you can say that. What is what is four and five? Uh, Montreal, Calgary, Saskatchewan. Okay. Okay. Well, their power rankings, sure. I'm good with that too. I guess Calgary goes below Montreal because they lost to them once in a really close game. But okay. Whatever. It's it's power rankings are very subjective, I guess you could say. So, 
it it is what it is, right? Yes, and I mean I could argue with it forever, but I'm not gonna because it's just not worth my time. Okay. I I okay. didn't look what place what place was Montreal in last week. Uh, sixth. Sixth. So they moved up two spots because they beat Calgary. Yes, that's correct. And Calgary moved down one spot. Is that correct? No, Calgary moved down from second to fifth. Oh, okay. Well, then I really have a problem with that, but that's okay. Doesn't matter. They did. They did beat Edmonton, and they almost beat Hamilton. So, whatever is what it okay. is. Okay, Mark. And what's at your the end thoughts of the year, here? Power rankings don't mean anything. They don't mean shit. Mark, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, top spot. Do you agree with this? No, I think they should either be second or third. I think Edmonton should be in first. I would actually put Winnipeg in third simply because of Nichols going down. But you, so you think that Nichols makes that big a difference to your team? Uh, you're going from an eight- or nine-year vet to a guy who's played four games and little parts of others as a running quarterback. Yeah, it's a difference, huge difference. Okay. Sorry, but it is. Um, well, don't don't apologize. I'm not I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just asking questions to get the conversation yeah. rolling. Yeah, no, it is. It's a huge difference. Keeping and me awake. Have, yeah, I would actually have not moved Saskatchewan. They didn't play last week. They're on the bye. Therefore, you shouldn't move. You didn't do anything That's not to true. go up. You didn't That's do anything true. to go up. You didn't go anything, do anything to go down. They didn't go up. They went down. I know. It shouldn't move. But what if another team looks better? You put them right behind them. That doesn't make it, sense. Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan had no chance to improve or to go down. They didn't have but, a chance to go up or down. That, and yet they did improve with the rest. Yeah, and the removal of the spikes from Cody Fajardo's feet. <laughs> but that doesn't mean they improved. They could have got rusty. Okay, my my point being is everybody says, "Oh, they're on the bye, so they shouldn't move." That's the same thing as saying that you don't lose your position to injury. Yeah, for the most part, you might be correct, but it happens. Okay, it happens. Maybe not to the elite quarterbacks, maybe not to the elite teams, but to the mediocre ones in the middle, yeah, it can happen. Just because somebody's better. Saskatchewan has the number two offense on the CFL. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So then you you don't think they should have been in fifth place? No, I was happy with where they were for now. They have one four straight. They're on a bye. You shouldn't move at all. Just stay right where you are. And rolling into Labor Day, you got you just got to know that's going to put some power into the riders. So, you know, if it, these are power rankings after all. Okay. Um, I have Edmonton in first place. I have Winnipeg in second. I have Calgary in third. 
followed by Saskatchewan, Hamilton, Montreal, BC, Ottawa, Toronto. And the only reason why I put BC higher than Ottawa is because I think BC's defense is actually coming together a little nicer than what they have been in the past. And Ottawa doesn't have anything in the offensive department. They don't, they, they, their consecutive field goal kicking streak is over. I mean, they, they just have nothing happening for them. Okay. And so that's how I would put the power rankings personally. Um, I, yeah, I just, I have Edmonton up there, Winnipeg and Calgary. Uh, and I don't know how you could not have those three teams up there. And I'll put Saskatchewan as a very close fourth, actually probably a three B. But you can't do three Bs in these things. There's not, there's nobody in the Eastern Division right now that's worthy of any type of power ranking. They they are a terrible division. Period. Top to bottom, Hamilton's the best of the rest of the garbage over there, and they just lost their starting quarterback. And Dane Evans is not showing us anything. No, Hamilton. No, no, they're not. They're not. Who are they playing? They won on the road in McMahon Stadium. Yeah, I know. I. I'm not seeing it, okay? I'm not seeing that Montreal is worthy of the jump to that position. I might put Montreal ahead of Hamilton. You might. I, I would almost do the, the reverse on that one simply because Hamilton, Montreal is showing some promise where Hamilton is still floundering around. And we'll see a lot more this week because there's no way that Hamilton Tiger Cats can maintain a number three power ranking position if the BC Lions smack them around. Okay? There's just no way now that that is an acceptable concept. We know Montreal's steamroll over top of Toronto. So how are you going to be able to keep those two in the same position? You can't because right now Montreal is looking better than Hamilton is. The only thing that gives Hamilton any type of of hope is Brandon Banks. Power rankings are a waste of time and effort. I used to do mine until everybody else decided that they needed to do theirs. At least I had a reason for where I put people. Okay, let's move on. Taylor Loeffler out for the season with a torn ACL. How big a blow is this to the Owls' defense? I'm not a fan of Taylor Loeffler. I would, you know, he had that big hit on Manny, what, two, three years ago, and he hasn't done squat since. So much so, Winnipeg didn't keep him. So he's over in Montreal, and he's the best of player on the Montreal defense. Yeah, but that doesn't say much. I'd be very negative tonight. I don't know why. Uh, it's a huge blow to the Al's defense because, like I said, he's probably the best defensive player. Not that that means much. Mark, he was on your team. 
Why is he not? How is this going to affect the Owls? I think this is going to be a big hit on the Owls on the defense. Yeah. Yeah, he is only a safety. Um, but he's also a three-time CFL All-Star. It's a big Canadian spot. You know, everybody says, well, you just hide a Canadian at the safety. If you can find an impact safety, somebody who does do the big hits over the middle and can disrupt plays, you don't let that guy go. Um, it's, so why is he not in Winnipeg? He got too much money for Montreal. Winnipeg gave him an offer. Okay. But Montreal, I think it was 160000 Seriously? And as a yes, right, he is a three-time All-Star. The agent throws that out there, and you look at the comparables for guys in the defense in the CFL, and that's what you get. You think Trevor okay. Harris isn't going to go after a seven hundred thousand dollar contract if he keeps throwing the ball the way he is this year? Of course he is. That's the comparables. I think the problem that happened with Loeffler, though, is I'm not sure how Montreal handled him during practice. Because the whole time he was with Winnipeg, including his very first training camp, virtually no hitting. He would practice like once a week, and the rest of the time he's just running up and down the field. Winnipeg knew how to manage his body. He's... uh, made a comment on one of the posts today about it. He's the Buck Pierce of safeties. The guy's tough as nails. Loves to lay guys out. But his body is glass. What's the third ACL tear? This time it's a different knee, though. And it was a non-contact injury. I do think it will affect Montreal over the middle going forward. I don't know if they're going to have to drop Moamba further back now to help, but it's going to juggle a lot of stuff. they got to find a Canadian to put in there now. And that way it really will affect them. Losing starting Canadians really sucks for your team. Yeah. No doubt there. Phil, how do you see this playing out? Does this affect the power rankings in Montreal? I I don't think so. We're talking about a safety position. Uh, You know, a starting Canadian vet, that's, you know, there's some concern. But it's not that they can't train somebody up for it or make uh, some ratio adjustments and even start an American there. You know, and and every every CFL team has had that option. And in the short term, we've seen a lot of CFL teams do that. So as far as affecting Montreal's power ranking with that injury, I just don't see it happen. Um, you know, I, I uh, when when Taylor Lawler signed with uh, Montreal, that's when I finally became quite interested in him and uh, and started listening to prognosticators and on their opinions of Taylor Lawler and. Uh, particularly in Saskatchewan, there was a couple of high-profile ones who felt that Taylor Loeffler was an overrated Canadian safety. And uh, I, I love what Will, or sorry, Mark just said about uh, that he's the Buck Pierce of safeties. <laughs> that, that was very entertaining. 
And uh, I probably learned more about Taylor Lawler tonight than I really knew about him before. Uh, I, I do pay attention to defensive backfields a lot, but not a lot to Canadian safeties unless they're they're really you know taking control of the game like a Mike Eatham. And that's about all I got to say about Taylor Lawler. William. Impact player, kind of like Alex Singleton. Oh, please don't compare, don't compare Wayne Gretzky to Kim Claxton. Um, you know what? I think I personally think okay. There was the first year in Winnipeg where he played very well, and I think this year he's played very well for Montreal. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why he's played better than he did in, in Winnipeg. But if Mark is telling the truth, he's injured all the time. I can see his output not, but he was a three-time all-star. So I think it does have an impact on him because I think he is a, I think he's a, a character guy and he tries to hit everybody, anything and everything that moves. And I think, I don't know who Montreal has otherwise than him. And so we'll see what happens. I mean, they do have lots of leaders on defense. They got Mwamba, and they got uh, Tommy Campbell, and Siante Evans, and Patrick Levels. So will it have that much of an effect on them? You know what? I think you can hide a safety in the CFL in the defensive backfield. So if they got a guy who's close or a little bit less, I think they'll be fine. But he is a, it is an impact player, and I really like watching him this year because he was hitting anything and everything that moves. So, <laughs> And you got to cheer for him because he's Canadian. So, you know, there you go. Pretty simple. He's also averaging six tackles a game this year, which for a safety is a yeah. lot. But he, he has was. been all over the field this year. So. Yeah. Okay. I don't have much more to say about this. I think you guys kind of wrapped it all up quite nicely. Uh, third ACL injury is kind of uh, an important factor as to whether or not he's even coming back. Um, but it was to the good knee, which is now getting close to an equal knee. Okay. Moving on. Joey Pow Pow, the throwing Samoan, is giving the relaxed offensive play calling duties. Is he still capable, or has the game passed him by? Well, Joey's always been a very good student of the game. I like him. Is his play-calling ability going to help the Red Blacks? Well, sure the hell couldn't hurt them. So, wow. I made mention of him the other day when... um, Montreal or Winnipeg was looking for a quarterback. I said, I think Joey's still available. Interesting. Um, Will, you familiar with Joe Pau and his escapades in the Canadian Football League? And do you think he's capable you know of coming back into a position of this of importance? I like Joe Pau Pau. I thought he was a good quarterback. And I just love that name, okay? Joe Pau Pau. I mean, come on. 
you know what? I don't think the game's passed him over because he was still involved in the game. Um, I can't remember where he was at before he went to Montreal or before he went to uh, Ottawa. Um, but he was around. I know that. Um, I don't think the game's passed him over. And I, and I think I, I saw the interview from uh, who's Ottawa's head coach. Rick Campbell. He, he just Rick Campbell. He's just moving guys around because he wants kind of a fresh sense of what's going on. And and Joe Palpo is very capable. I guarantee you. And I think he's going to be. He is, and he's going to be a good coach. And you never know. <laughs> Depending on how Ottawa finish finishes, he could be the next head coach in Ottawa. I mean, I think they brought him in for a reason. Yeah, and, uh, it's hard, hard to argue it. that one. That could be it, because as far as that staff goes, I think he's the only guy with experience, head coaching experience, and hey, you never know. And and like I said, you know what? A lot of offensive coordinators or, sorry, play callers seem to do well, especially when they're former quarterbacks. So he was and he is. And, I mean, you know what? I, I think if you like football, you don't get left behind because you keep up with everything that's going on. So, go ahead. So, to, to answer a couple of questions there, he was a head coach in Ottawa for the Renegades 2002 to 2005, so four years there. And he was a head coach with the Waterloo Warriors for three years, three seasons. And most recently, before he went to the Red Blacks, he was the offensive coordinator for the Simon uh, Simon Fraser clan. And he was there for three years. There you go. So, so he's never Palpo, been out of coaching. No, he's never been out of coaching. He's been coaching. He's been a coach since 1989. He's bought back and forth between um, collegiate and 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 CFL. And uh, he did have one stint down in the Arena League in 2001 with the San Francisco Demons. Oh, sorry, that was the XFL. It wasn't the Arena League. That was the XFL. Okay, so, uh, Mark, your thoughts, Joey Pow Pow. I don't know if the game has necessarily passed him by. He should still be capable. But it's not like he has a lights-out record as a head coach. I think I read it was 23-49 and 49 with, um, the last time he coached Ottawa. And I'm almost looking at this as like they fired Winston October. Because he's gone from the offensive coordinator or the guy calling the plays, which is usually the offensive coordinator, to now being just the receiver's coach. But you're firing the guy, but you're keeping him on staff. The coaching staff is kind of a farce right now. You don't have real real coordinators on an offense. you got a couple of different guys calling plays. It's almost like watching Saskatchewan with their five quarterbacks. It's 
I don't. I know when he was here, we were pitiful. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight, that kind of time, and we weren't a very good team at all. So my recent history with him is, yeah, I don't think he's going to help them that much. It's not the play calling. It's the guys they have on the field. When Dominic Davis is your starter, and he's the best guy you have on the team as a quarterback, you're not. it doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator really is. You don't have the talent on the field. He is getting up there. He's in his late 60s. Oh, he's gone. Late 60s. Yeah, How old 64. is he now? 64, okay, mid-60s. And the game has changed a lot. Yes, he's always been coaching. But going from Canadian college, youth sports, whatever it's called now, to the CFL, as we've seen, is not usually a career path that ends in success. Hello, Danny Machocha. He's one of the greatest coaches in youth uh, sports. And we've seen him as a head coach in the CFL. So. Won a great cup. But he never, but he never played. He never played in the CFL like uh, no. Harry Jones has. Right. <laughs> or Joey Papa. Or sorry, Joe Papa. I'm a huge okay. Harry Jones fan. Suddenly. Yeah, he's just with the Owls. Go Owls. Um, no, I was, Phil. Kahari, I was a Kahari Jones fan until he lost the 2001 fucking Great Cup, okay? Yeah. Mark, are you seething? No. He's not my favorite. He was in, in Winnipeg for a little while there. He's just another quarterback that lost a great cup. He's no Tom Burgess is what you're saying. Or Sean Salisbury. Oh, good one. You guys are just name dropping tonight. Okay, well, Phil, do you so want to take a shot about- at Joey Palpow here or what? Just a short one. Uh, I, I think Joe Powell has both the resume and the pedigree. And and I think this is a really good move by the Ottawa coaching staff. You know, they're having some trouble there in offense. Because Joe Powell also has a, a reputation of being a quarterback whisperer in the CFL. And uh, I think that's maybe what Dominic Davis needs. Uh, I didn't realize, I, I forgot that it was Winston October calling the plays. Because he, he neither has the resume or the pedigree, if, you know, really. He was a returner, in, in my mind. Um, Papa did take a lot of criticism at one of his stops. I forget where it was. Uh, and somebody did mention maybe the game has passed him by before he went to the uh, – one of his CFL stops before he uh, ended up in U Sports the following season. I, was that out in BC? I can't remember. Uh, you might be able to tell us, Christopher. Was, was he a, like offensive coordinator in BC back in the, in the late nineties? Ninety nine two thousand. Yeah. Oh, 
And but then, uh, that then he, said, uh, he's my second favorite quarterback during the 11 years is enough era in, in Saskatchewan, uh, next to John Huffnagel. And I got to watch that guy weekly and was impressed. Uh, he was calling his own plays at that time. Uh, even Huffnagel and Barnes weren't doing that. Huffnagel did later, uh, a few years later in Saskatchewan. But, uh, yeah, and next to John Huffnagel, he was uh, in, that, in that terrible era of the 1980s. He was my second favorite quarterback. And, and I love to watch him play. And I'm excited that he's getting another opportunity. Okay. So let's move on from uh, the throwing Samoan, and we'll get down into an article here by Lions president uh, that says that David Braley is looking to sell the Lions. Do we see this sooner rather than later? I, I'm torn on this one. I I don't think David Braley is in any hurry to sell the BC Lions. He wants the BC Lions to live on forever. And if he's not involved in it, then he can't guarantee that. So he has to find the right owner, somebody who is going to be the caretaker of this team for a very long time. Uh, I, I mean, I went over this last week on what I thought was going to happen. And uh, he's, he doesn't need to sell them. So if you don't need to sell them, then you're not just going to sell them to the next, next man up. And that's my take on this, is I don't see it happening sooner. If it was going to happen, it would have happened. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying that, you know, if it needed to happen, it would have already happened. It doesn't need to happen right now. He's looking for the right owner, and he hasn't found them yet. And that, to him, is very important. What it means to anybody else is irrelevant, because they're not the ones with $4.3 billion dollars. Phil, BC Lions, are they on the market? Well, I think we, we covered it pretty well last week, and that's why I'm surprised this one came up again this week. And, and but, but it's a good thing, too. I think we should keep talking about this. Um, you know, we've talked about how David Braley is really, as far as a, 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 a backer of the CFL, has done more than anyone in, in recent memory. And uh, I am so happy to hear that he's going to be careful about selling a team and he's not uh, financially motivated to have to sell a team in a short period of time. He's going to make the right choice that he's going to, he's going to sell it to an owner who has pockets deep enough and has a plan that's going to keep the team there forever, that there's no opportunity of, of some of the Iowa ownership we've seen in the past uh, where, where the team would possibly fold within his lifetime or within his grandchildren's lifetime. He, he's going to make sure, and kudos to Mr. Braley. Uh, again, he, he's showing just how much of a supporter of the CFL he is. And uh, I know he'll make the right decision. I, all, all these ownership groups that have come forward, I, I really don't care because I know Mr. Braley has uh, people that are going to vet them properly, and he will end up with the right ownership group. And I, the BC Lions are in good hands. Yeah. You know, the amount of the millions and millions, if not even close to a hundred million dollars that he has spent on the CFL would all be for naught if he didn't do this right. 
and the BC Lions fold. So he's not going to, he's a very frugal man. He doesn't waste his money. Um, not saying that the CFL was a good investment, but it was for his passion. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I am don't see a hurry here. William. Yes. I, I don't think, uh, I should say anything about David Braley because you're the expert on it. So, you still there? You have an you have an opinion. Well, you know what? He is getting older, and maybe he is actively looking for an owner. But hey, um, you don't hear it in the news very much. You know, usually these things tend to leak in the news about people trying to buy and up until two weeks ago, I mean, when that whole thing came out with, uh, what's his face, the guy who's got the master's degrees, um, the Mark Aguilar or whatever, huh? I knew he right. Um, but I'm, I'm sure he's trying to sell them, but he probably hasn't found the right spot. And what are the BC lions worth? That's my other question. <clears throat> so, I mean, in this uh, time, it's pretty hard to find somebody who wants to spend money on a on a on a business that you know is going to lose money. And once again, like you said before, Christopher, it's a it's a it's a hobby for guys, and that's what it's got to be. They have to have lots of interest, and I don't know if they have lots of interest. So I'm sure there's somebody out there, but it's going to be hard to find someone. So yeah. uh, you tell just to us. Cor- to, just to correct a couple of things, BC Lions are not losing money at this point in time. They are a profitable football club. Uh, their sponsorship okay. is the best in all of Canada, uh, all of the Canadian League. They have more corporate sponsors than any other team. They're not losing money. Okay. Okay. Um, what was your other? Fir- what was your first point? You you said something earlier on. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. I, but, don't uh, have, I don't have enough information on this stuff to comment, to be honest with you, because, hey, like you said, he's been trying to sell it for a while because he is getting older. How old is he now? 72. Oh, is that all? But yeah, he has some, some health, health issues, does he not? He's got a, a an active, I think it's diabetes that he's having problems with. Oh, okay. He, okay. I, Sorry, he's 78. Oh, he's 78. 78. That's getting up there, man. That's getting up there. Um, but, hey, who knows for the right price anything's for sale, right? Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for you to buy them, so. Yeah. I, I, I'm five years away, so. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to I I think they're going to get sold before that. Oh, okay. I figure it's going to be about 5 years before things fall into place that I want. I see. Okay. Okay. Um Go ahead. Yeah. Oh. Mark 
you guys have covered uh, Brayley stuff pretty well, but I'm curious as to why Lelacher brought it up. Lelacher, I don't know. I mean, what's the purpose? Was he asked a direct question about it, or, like, I don't get why. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I've, it, I've been following this. I, he, he was on TSN Radio. And he just he just brought it out. I don't get why. What's the point? And if there, if he is going to sell and he's going to put stipulations on it, this one of the stipulations: move the team into the interior. No. Yes. No. No. He'll get more Biggest, fans. No, he wouldn't. No, absolutely no? not. No, absolutely not. Move him to Surrey or Langley. Okay. You move them out into the Fraser Valley where the fan base is. You can't, most of the fans can't afford a place in Vancouver. They don't even want to exactly. drive into Vancouver. You don't want to take the SkyTrain to Vancouver. Put the team out where they should be, which is out in South Surrey, Langley area, right around the border there. And I've even got the, the site of the location for the new stadium picked out. It's right on the uh, proposed SkyTrain line. Absolutely perfect. It needs to go out there. It needs to be a twenty-eight to thirty-three thousand seat stadium. I also have the idea of a, a, a high-rise apartment building in one of the end zones or on the sidelines, and actually have BC Lions uh, residency inside of that. Have it as a hotel for visiting teams, and uh, and 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 rent out high-end apartments in it. I love your vision, Christopher. The practice facility, the training facility, all is in this hotel stadium complex. The whole yards is all there. I mean, it, it, it's a, a very nice plan. Uh, it's, you know, it's just going to take half a billion dollars. I don't have that right now. And if I had half a billion dollars, I don't know if I'd spend it on a football team. Yeah, no, you, you need to have $4 billion in order to spend a half a billion on a football team. Otherwise, it's not enjoyable. It would be stressful. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of my take on it. And uh, any anybody have anything else to say? on any other subject pertaining to the CFL. That's the football league. Not compla- compact fluorescent light bulbs. Don't all speak at once. What did you think of the report that none of the guys are going to end up with suspensions from the pregame brawl in Calgary, Montreal? Oh, they 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 won't suspend anybody for that. No, they pretty much said that already. Didn't they find Tommy Campbell? Or sorry, Tommy Campbell's being investigated for his yeah actions. Um, Fines and suspensions and stuff usually come out today. Maybe tomorrow, but the game starts on Friday. Thursday's too late. Will began to give us some insight on Tommy Campbell earlier tonight. I wonder if he could expand. He's a dickhead. (laughs) 
Well, come on. After his first season in Calgary, don't you remember the news story of him jumping over the fence wherever he comes from and the picture of the of the Calgary Stampeders knapsack laying on the ground full of drugs? Drugs? Yes, and he got off. They said it, it, he said it wasn't was his, his knapsack. He was holding it for somebody or some shit like that. Tommy Campbell, and it's it's funny because I, I think, I personally think that why some of these guys leave Calgary is the Calgary organization is too disciplined. They They don't let guys talk. They don't put up with bullshit. And I think that's why some guys leave, on top of, of John Huffnagel being a stingy motherfucker. Okay? Um, and it works for them because I, I keep on, I mean, like I've told you before, the heart of Montreal's defense right now is three ex-Stampeders. And Tommy Campbell, I always, I had, they, they, they always talked about him and they kind of, were not they didn't they didn't go into details on Tommy Campbell, so I tend to think that he had an attitude because the first chance he got he went to Montreal, but Montreal also paid him a hundred and ninety thousand dollars a season, so or something like that, so you know I just i don't know he he kind of more reminds me of a Brandon browner type guy and hmm. Maybe maybe some year he'll make the NFL, and he might go the same way as Brandon Browner, because he is a good football player. There's no doubt about it. And uh, the pregame brawl was between him and a uh, Stampeders linebacker by the name of Quentin McManus, who was not uh, playing that day because he's injured. And I do believe Quentin McManus threw the first punch to be honest with you. And then it just turned into free-for-all. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure those guys... Punch? Did he have his helmet on when he threw the punch at the uh, Stampeder player? Because there was what? one L. No. They were standing around, and I do believe Quentin McManus pushed Tommy Campbell, and that's when it all started. And I, I'm sure McManus threw a punch, and I'm sure Campbell threw a punch. And you know what? For me, for me, that's not a Calgary team. <laughs> I think that's one of their problems this year is uh, they don't usually do that. They don't usually take undisciplined penalties, and they don't do that kind of shit. And I, I think that's one of the biggest problems in Calgary right now. So I, I'm thinking they don't have enough leadership to stop that crap from happening or enough intimidating guys to stop that crap from happening because it's happened quite often this year and it's not a Calgary team to take undisciplined penalties. So it's an inexperienced Calgary. Yeah. I was very disappointed when Tommy Campbell left, but then we got Trey Roberson and Trey Roberson wouldn't be here if Tommy Campbell was, was still here. So, you know, but then again, if Trey Roberson keeps on going the way he's going, he won't be here next year. So, so, but I see Charlie Robertson and, and I see Charlie Robertson. Uh, 
he's uh, come to the hospital now uh, two weeks, or, or they come every two weeks to Calgary St. Peter's, and he, he happened to come twice now. And I seen him in the hallway, and he was walking down the hallway. This was the day before the game, and he had a like a terrible limp on, like the kind of limp that you get from a real hard workout coming from practice uh, in uh, about 2.30 in the afternoon. And uh, yeah. I wanted to shout out. Uh, he's walking down the hall, and I, and I said, Robers, quietly to myself. He turned around and looked at me because he heard me. And I wanted to say, uh, Cody Fichardo is coming for you. Uh, I, I should have. I just, it just didn't have the balls. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the Cody man Fijardo. I thought you were, Phil. I... Go ahead, Christopher. No, 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 no. Go ahead. So what did you, sorry, what did you say? Well, I'm not the man you thought I was. I said, you're not the man I thought you were, man. I would have said that to Trey Roberson. Oh, yeah, I, I would have. I, I shouldn't have been so shy. I, <laughs> I, I don't think uh, Cody Fajardo's tough enough to say that to him. Or, 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 Tough enough to really be a problem to Trey. Oh yeah, yeah, he's gonna go after him. Hey, hell, our our young quarterback the, from the uh, Colorado School of Mines went right after him. So, oh no, sorry, that was after Delvin Bro. That's sorry. Yeah. Okay, what are we gonna do next? I don't know. We got 10 minutes left in the show, and I got nothing else to talk about. Uh, you guys want to end the episode? Or can you um, talk football, I found... Will? I did Mark's just play find Bola Combo. Bola Combo is going to be uh, in playing in place of Taylor Loeffler. And they use yeah, Bola Combo in a 3-4 defense a lot this year. You'll notice yeah, that the, the Owls will go to, go to a 3-4 and bring in the combo on passing downs. And uh, I think a lot, uh, like a lot of uh, strong side linebackers in the CFL, uh, I didn't realize this about Bola Combo. I thought of more, more of, a, of a weak side linebacker. But, but uh, like you see with a lot of strong side linebackers in the CFL, he will be a capable defensive back. And there isn't, you believe it or not, probably the most natural movement on, on CFL defenses is between the strong side linebacker and safety. If you learn the strong side linebacker position, you, which is the most complex position on defense, uh, you can easily transition to safety. And uh, so that's, that's a good example. And then, like I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, I suspected that they might use an import at that position and make a, uh, a ratio adjustment somewhere else. Uh, this is not surprising to hear. And I also just found uh, Jonathan Crompton's back in the CFL. Hmm. Well, we've got a lot of quarterback injuries. so He's uh, a quarterback coach with Toronto. Oh, he's back as a coach. Yeah, he's quarterbacks with uh, in Toronto. And that's all I can find on checking down. Hey, I did uh I did listen to the Waggle this week and they had an Eastern reporter on on the Waggle from the Maritimes area 
And he was talking about the, and I can't believe I'm going to talk about this, he was talking about the Atlantic schooners or whatever the crap they're going to be called. And he says it is picking up momentum quite quickly. And he says you can expect some things in the next couple of weeks. So I'll be interested to see what happens. And he says one of the reasons it hasn't had that much uh, momentum is because they were in this situation what did he say, eight or nine years ago? And he said the big, once again, the big problem was the stadium. And uh, and they say football is quite popular in that area. They have all kinds of college teams and stuff like that. And he's convinced it'll work. But we shall see, I guess. But he said look for things in the next two weeks. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I think, Will, a lot what happens down there every time this thing gets drummed up is that uh, municipal politicians use it as an opportunity to say, oh, here we got some other municipal politicians who want to spend your money on a lame duck stadium and, and it becomes a political football. And maybe by keeping it quiet, maybe that was kind of a, maybe a strategy to, uh, to kind of keep uh, local municipal politicians away from from taking advantage of it. Could be. Could be. CJ, you awake in there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Are we boring you to death? Yeah, it's a bad week for. There's nothing happening. Shouldn't we be excited about touchdown Atlantic? Exactly. No, that was so. my point. I've seen so much promotion around. Where? I'm not sure. Has there been any by the CFL at all? Was there any type? Hang on. Question. In any of the CFL games you watched this weekend, did you see one advertisement for it? No. No, that was no. strange. They don't give a shit. How can you be promoting, not pre- be promoting Touchdown Atlantic if you want a 10th team in Halifax? I, I'm just so was, sick of it. There was pe- plenty of promotion over the early, the first two Touchdown Atlantics in particular. Um, by TSN and and the CFL, and and this year we're just not seeing it. And then they're going, well, ticket sales are down for Touchdown Atlantic. Well, duh. Well, yeah. Maybe they should have put the NFL preseason game there. They could have they could have bombed both at the same time. Yeah, but bombers need the money. Yeah. I don't know. So, Mark, are you are you going to the NFL game this weekend, Mark? No, I haven't heard anything about free tickets. That's the only way I would have gone. Oh, you would go to the NFL way. preseason game with a free ticket? You would go? Yeah. The free tickets, Bombers so. are on TV. 
No, they're not, actually. It's tomorrow night, the game. Oh, so they're not on at the same time. No. Okay, well, you're lucky. They may wander over, see if I can see anything on the Jumbotron. That's about it, though. Or if somebody's out the side handing out tickets. I'd pay 40 bucks if I knew Aaron Rodgers was going to play for sure. Game time decision. Aaron Rodgers sure speaks finally, or fondly of his good friend Mike Riley. Yeah, he does. He's just trying to pretend he knows what's going on in the CFL. Oh. We, are we keeping you up there, Will? Uh, no, you're not. I've had a long week, so sorry. I'm a little tired. I've actually had to do physical work this week, so. You? Oh, dude, where's me you? Up? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I at don't home. That. At home. At oh. home, I've been doing a lot of shit lately, so. No, no, I'm still sitting at my desk doing what I do. So. It's a dick, dick squat, right? Well, no, I do lots, Christopher, but... Oh, do you? I'm sorry. Did, nobody, I, did I say, that, nobody, did I say no, that out loud? Nobody realizes what I do, except for the people that matter, so... Well, the only thing that matters, the only person that it matters to is the one who writes your check. Yes, that's true, well, too. I heard Will has a top spot at his business uh, this week. So uh, I can understand why he's maybe got a little played out. And I've been dealing, I've been dealing with cowboys this week. So my condolences. Cause, uh, well, because they, there's a, there's a chuck wagon races at the casino across the street from my yard, and uh, <laughs> the man who, the man who owns the building and the yard decided that these cowboys could. Uh, Park fifteen semi trailers in my yard, okay? Ooh. So okay. and uh and they come to me in the morning complain why my yard isn't open all night long. And it's like do you even want me to answer that? <laughs> and why are cowboys why are Chuck Wagon drivers so fat and greasy looking? Any reason anybody know the answer to that? Well, because they can't get their ass in a horse, on a horse? Probably not. The horse would collapse. I hear in Calgary, the chuck wagon girls, chuck wagon drivers get the girls. Yeah. That's what I've heard, too. Okay, i got to wrap this episode up because we've run out of time now. So this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 389. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and uh, we got to talk, talk football for, what, the last two hours or at least hour and 45 minutes? Uh, we did get a little section in the beginning that was, was way off base, and we got the couple sections in the middle and the end that were off base. But, hey, we talk football because that's who we are. Uh, we're going to go around the table and say goodnight, and we'll start with Phil. Hey, good night, everybody. Uh, exciting weekend of CFL football coming up. Your favorite team, Canada's team, is Back on the field after a bye week. Phil, I told you I would mute you forever if you call them that again. And I'm not shitting you, okay? I absolutely hate and despise that concept. Uh, Mark, say goodnight. (laughs) 
Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Sunday, and BC sucks. Thank you. Appreciate that. William, go. True story. Good good evening, everybody. Watch football this weekend. There should be some great games on. And go Owls. Go Owls. In Moncton. Okay. In Moncton. Good night, everybody. Take care.